What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Engage 8 Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Josh. Unfortunately, Mike is not with us today. He's got some scheduling issues going on, so it's just going to be us two. Uh, before we get any further, we'd really appreciate it if you like, subscribe, uh, check out our socials in the description. We also have TikTok as well for more short-form content, and Spotify if you prefer an audio platform as well. And now that that's out of the way, we're going to be previewing Week 17. We got full 16-game slate. I believe there is no actual game on Monday, but there is a Monday night broadcast on Saturday, as we mentioned last episode with the Lions and uh, Lions and Cowboys. So you want to get us started with some Jets and Browns before we get into that one? Yes, I will. Jets at Browns. Uh, Joe Flacco in this Browns offense has been cooking uh, over the past three weeks. Um, I expect him to maybe have a little step back in this game as he's playing against one of the best defenses in the league. But luckily for him, he also has one of the best defenses in the league. I think if I had to say who my two, who I think the two best defenses in the league are right now, it would be these two teams. Um, I think the problem for the Jets, though, is they're just going to struggle early. We don't know, or all throughout the entire game, they're going to struggle. Um, whoever they roll out a quarterback, whether it's Simeon, whether it's Wilson or Boyle, they're going to struggle to score against this uh, Browns team. They have a really good pass rush. The Jets O-line is maybe the worst O-line in the league after the Commanders. Uh, they're going to struggle mightily uh, stopping the Browns' uh, pass rush and just secondary in general. I do think it'll be low scoring, though. I could see something like 20-3 to or 20-6 to uh, for the Browns, but I do think Cleveland wins this game and clinches their playoffs. Yeah, I also got Cleveland as well. Ironically enough, both of these teams have had, I believe, four starting quarterbacks. Uh, the Jets had Rodgers for four snaps. They've had Zach Wilson Rogers, for yeah. majority. And then they had Boyle for a little while and uh, Simeon, who I believe is starting this game. Or is Zach Wilson starting? I thought it was Simeon, but if they go back to Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like it should be Zach Wilson regardless. Just get him the reps and make him more comfortable in the offense for next year. But regardless, uh, the difference between these two teams, one of them is fighting for a playoff spot with their fourth quarterback, and another one is just just trying to get to next year because of the unfortunate injuries that happened. But this Cleveland offensive line, they faced a lot of injuries as well, but they really haven't faltered. And the Jets, their three backup quarterbacks haven't been able to succeed, succeed because they haven't had time as much as Cleveland's backups had. So... With that being said, like you said, uh, Cleveland, the Jets both have great defenses, but I'm rocking with Cleveland because I just trust their offensive line way more than the Jets. Right now, if I completely agree. Uh, next game here, you talked about it at the top, Zach. Saturday night, Monday night football, uh, Lions at Cowboys. This is a game that people have had circled on their calendar since the beginning of the season. Uh, this is going to be a huge game for both teams. I mean, for the Cowboys – a loss essentially eliminates them from the division unless the Eagles manage to lose out uh, against the Cardinals and the Giants. I don't see that happening. Uh, for the Lions, a loss basically locks them in the three seed. They can't go any lower than three as of right now. A loss would kind of kill that dream of the two seed unless, once again, the Eagles lose out. But then at that point, the Cowboys would probably jump. And then you have that scenario where they beat the Lions. Regardless, this is definitely game of the week in my opinion. Uh, Cowboys have the advantage in the passing game versus the Lions secondary, something we've been worried about. Hopefully for the Lions, they can get back C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Uh, he would be huge bringing back into this team. I went into a little bit more detail on the recap last episode, episode 35. Go check that one out. Uh, about the secondary and what I think they could do, bringing him back in and still being able to keep guys like Ifatu Melifanu and Kirby Joseph involved and Brian Branch because uh, the Lions have four safeties that are playing really, really well right now or they have three that are playing well right now, and one they're getting back, that's the be the second best player on this defense. Um, so hopefully he's back. If not, he'll be back next week for sure, um, unless the Lions decide to uh, bench some starters if they're locked in on the three seed, which is a possibility. Um, you never want to see that happen in a division game because it sucks to just give one to the Vikings. But at the same time, if you're locked in the three seed, essentially there's nothing you should really be risking there, especially with a player that's coming back from a torn pack in one season. Um, but the lions on the other hand, they have the advantage over the Cowboys uh, in the run game. The lions run game is phenomenal. It's been phenomenal all season. The Cowboys are below average in run defense. That is their one weakness on the defensive end. If you can establish the run early, uh, you're going to be in a good spot for the lions here. The Cowboys run offense has been pretty poor as uh, the past few weeks when they've been losing. We've seen this offense kind of take a shit when they can't run the ball well and they can't open up things for Dakins 
uh, these wide receivers to go and torch other teams, they're not going to run the ball well against the Lions. I'm just going to put that out there. They're not going to. Can they go and not run the ball well and still torch this Lions secondary? Absolutely they can. But I think it will be a significant problem for them not being able to run the ball at all. Um, Overall, uh, like I said, C.J. Garner-Johnson coming back would be great. Aleem McNeil will come back. Uh, this is the last game with him out. He will be coming back next week against the Vikings, most likely. Uh, once again, depending on if they're needing to win that game or not. Uh, they're 2-1 and one without him so far. Their one loss being that loss to Chicago, uh, who runs the ball well. So that makes sense. You lose your best run defender. You don't defend the run ball. It's kind of just how it works in this league. Um, I expect a high-scoring game here. Um, like I said, I think the Lions are going to take control of possession. I think when the Packers or Packers, when the Cowboys get the ball, uh, they're going to be able to pass on this Lions team. And I think it just comes down to can the Lions do what they did last week, which is completely shut down the run game against the Vikings. Maybe you get torched in the pass game for a ton of yards, but you create four turnovers. You're going to win the game. Most likely we saw it with the Ravens against the 49ers. They were not doing anything special early in that game uh, until they were making plays, getting sacks getting tipped picks, that's how you win is you create turnovers and you take care of the football. Regardless if Dak goes and throws 400 yards, if he throws one touchdown, three picks, the Lions are going to be at a good spot to win this game. So you have to you have to get turnovers. Lions are going to control time of possession. They need to protect Jared Goff against this great Dallas pass rush. We saw a great pass rush in the Vikings last week. The Lions completely shut them down. I think this is a very similar script for the Lions, how they prepare against the Vikings. I think that's how you got to prepare against this Cowboys team. You got to protect golf, like I said, stop the Cowboys run game. That's how you win the game. I think they do both of those things and give Dallas their first home loss, but I could see this game being a blowout for either team, a close game for either team. I don't know fully what to expect, but I'm going to ride with my boys. I got the lines. I completely understand where you're coming from, but it's just so hard for me to picture Detroit coming into Dallas, into Jerry world and just like, not necessarily shocking the world, but maybe they're riding a little high because they got their first divisional championship in 30 years. It's it's just an unfortunate circumstance. Like like you said, they're locked into at least the three seed right now with a chance to get the two seed, maybe even the one seed, depending on what happens. I don't think that's possible, but I haven't been uh, too keen on the playoff scenarios given that my team is very, very much not in the playoffs right now. But this game could be a huge statement game for Detroit going into the playoffs if they somehow pull off an upset. Because Dallas, we know Dallas, they've been blowing teams out in Jerry World, Jerry World left and right. Unfortunately, if they do sit at that five seed, they won't have a home game this year unless somehow a six or a seven seed pulls something like miraculous off and then they meet them in the conference championship. But outside of that, Dallas is probably going to be on the road. But that's not the case for this one. I'm going with Dallas. I think CeeDee Lamb is going to have a phenomenal game. Unfortunately, no one in the Lions secondary is really equipped uh, to stop him and Dak and what they've been able to accomplish this year. Sure, CeeDee Deuce is coming back, maybe, but he won't be at 100%. He'll be more in a ramp-up state, if I had to assume, if he were to play. But even if he was back, CeeDee Lamb should dice up this secondary. Dallas should get the ball out quick. Don't let Aiden Hutchinson and a couple of these solid uh, pass rushers get going early. And if Detroit wants to win this, they got to run the ball early and often. It'll have to be a heavy dose of Monty and Gibbs, and they'll have to somehow create a lot of takeaways with that uh, iffy secondary of theirs. But, yeah, I just trust Dallas at home. Nintendo there with iffy and secondary or what? <laughs> a little bit. Um, You want to give them Mike's picks for the last two games? Oh, yeah, that's not me. Uh. Mike picked Cleveland for the Thursday night game, and then for that Monday night, Saturday Saturday night game, uh, he picked Detroit as well. All right. Love to see the support for the boys in Honolulu Blue. Um, Moving on here, Pats at Bills. Um, The Bills can't play with their food here. They're at home against a very inferior team. They cannot do that. Last week, we talked about it on yesterday's episode. They played with their food against the Chargers, and they didn't play well at all. Um, and they still ended up getting the win because that's what good teams do. Um, they're going to win this game. They have to win this game. They lost in Foxborough. They're one of the past few wins this season. Uh, I could see the Patriots hanging in there with a decent game script. I know a lot of the stats, like when we go back and we look at the Bill Belichick stats, it's hard to be like, oh, yeah, he never loses in the division. And then it's like, oh, well, at the same time, he had Tom Brady and most of the division sucked for that time period. Now the division's really fucking good. And he doesn't have Tom Brady. So it's hard to use those Belichick stats. But 
at the same time, um, the Bills just are a better team, and they're fighting for so much more than the Pats are at this point. Any Pats win is just going to mess up that draft pick even more. They messed it up last week against the Broncos. Now they're playing a team that should be even more hungry. They need to go win, get that 10th win. And sitting at 10 wins with a game to go for them is pretty solid considering how they started this season, losing some games they shouldn't have lost. Um, the Bills just can't afford to lose these down the stretch. They almost did last week. I don't think they will this week. I got the Bills. Yeah, I got the Bills as well. Uh, it's not really anything to overthink. Last time these two teams played, Buffalo dropped the crucial one to New England. And I think Buffalo's going to come out and say, all right, we know we shouldn't have lost the last time. We're gonna, they're going to come out angry. They're going to play really hard. They're probably going to win by – bold prediction, I think they win by 20-plus. This is a game for Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to really get on the same page before the playoffs start. Those two haven't been as electric as they have been in years past or really just to start the year. I believe uh, – I think it was week four or five. I think it was four where Diggs had like 140 yards and those three touchdowns. He played great that week. And he's had his, uh, of course, a few like 100-yard multiple touchdown games. But as of late, he hasn't crossed the 50 reception yard mark in a while, it feels like. So this is a game for them to really just get back into rhythm get something going going into week 18 and what could be a game for the division, depending on how Miami plays against Baltimore this week, which could be crazy huge. But in my opinion, I think Buffalo just mops the floor with new England in a, in a really, really dominant uh, makeup win for earlier in the year. And Mike's pick. Uh, he also went Buffalo. Awesome. All right, moving I keep, on. I here. keep forgetting. I'm like expecting no, him to start chiming in, but it's just I'm I'm trying to remember as we get as we go through these. But um Falcons at Bears. Um the Falcons have not been good away from home this season. We know I I'm guessing it's Heineke again, I would assume, after getting a win last week. Yeah, it's gonna be Heineke. Yeah, so um Falcons are uh, I've talked about it all season. Going into the season in our offseason previews, I liked the Texans as an underdog team. I liked the Falcons as an underdog team. The Texans uh, completely solidified that for me. When they had CJ Stroud in, they were playing like one of the better teams in the AFC, uh, coming from being one of the worst teams in the league for the past few years. They turned it around on a dime. They look great. The Falcons, on the other hand, the main concern was quarterback. I think they have it all figured out around them. The Grady Jarrett injury obviously hurt them, but I think they have it all figured out around them. They don't have a head coach and they don't have a quarterback. That has hurt them all season, uh, and I expect that to continue to hurt them. But at the same time, when they run the ball well and they defend the run well, they are a very, very good team. The problem is they're playing a team that also does both of those things very well, and at least in run defense, definitely does better than the Falcons do. And if the Falcons can't run the ball, which they're not going to be able to run it super well unless they come out and they beat a Bears run defense that's been really good the past honestly, all but the first few weeks of the season, um, then they can win the game. I don't see that happening. I think they're going to struggle mightily. I think Fields at the, on the offensive end just needs to take care of the football, make easy reads, run the ball well like he does, and they're going to win this game. The only way this game goes south for the Bears is one of two things. Like I said, if the run defense just takes a shit and the Falcons can all of a sudden run the ball on them, then they'll be in trouble. Or if they stop the run well, and then on offense, Fields turns the ball over a couple times and they give the Falcons short field. That could be a problem. I don't think that's going to happen, at least in the run defense department. So I'm going to go with the Bears at home here. Yeah, I got the Bears at home as well. Uh, while you were kind of yapping up a storm, I was looking at the weather forecast for Sunday <laughs> in Chicago. Uh, it's looking at a high of 37 and a low of 29. Obviously, I don't have wind chill as of now because we are not on Sunday yet. But Atlanta, they're a dome team. They're not great away from home. They're a lot better at home, but being in Chicago in uh, at the end of December, literally the last day of the year, it's not going to be good for them. I do think Heineke will struggle in the colder weather. I think the Falcons offense will probably struggle as well. This will probably be a really low scoring game. Uh, like you said, both teams defend the run well, and when either team can't get the ball rolling there, their pass game kind of suffers a little bit. So I think Fields, like you said, if he turns the ball over a lot, I think Atlanta has a chance, but for me, I think Chicago pitches damn near a shutout unless Fields just throws a really gross interception in, uh, in his own territory that sets Atlanta up really well. But, yeah, I'm going Chicago and probably a really big win and most likely their last win of the season. Yes, I agree. Um, and and Mike, Mike also <laughs> went with Chicago. I, I remember that time. <laughs> there we go. And speaking of Mike, we'll move into his team here. 
Raiders at Colts. Uh, I forgot to tell you this, Zach, but when Mike said he couldn't make it, I did call our friend uh, Jack, who we had earlier on the podcast, the Raiders fan, uh, to see if he wanted to fill in. Uh, it was like 20 minutes before recording. He's like, I don't have time for prayer. It's whatever. I understand. Oh, um, but just a little nugget there. Um, but we have here Raiders at Colts. They're two teams uh, going head to head. The Raiders defense has been very, very good uh, post firing their head coach McDaniels. And I am just in love with how this defense is played. They just have a lot of energy. They get takeaways. They don't make anything easy for any quarterback. And I just love what they have done. Uh, I've been loving picking the Colts at home this season. Uh, I just, for some reason, I just feel like they play better there. Even if the stats aren't as mismatched as it may, as it should be. Um, I just like how the Colts play at home. I feel like they look more comfortable at home. Minshew plays better at home. Um, the Colts last week on the road, they struggled very badly against the aforementioned Falcons, who when they can run the ball well, they win. They ran the ball well against the Colts run defense that was bad. They won. Um, the Colts run defense, I think, is going to struggle again this week. Uh, the Raiders ran the ball fairly well last week. They do have a bottom of the league uh, run offense overall, but they're coming off a game where they dominated the Chiefs on the ground, and I think that could be a pretty good mismatch to them against the Colts. Um, when they can establish the run, which isn't all the time, so let's preface that. When they can establish the run, they can get away with the play actions for AOC, quick reads for AOC, where he doesn't get sacked like he did a million times against that first uh, game against the Chargers, not the game they won 63 to whatever, but the first game. Um, as like, like I said, I usually love to pick the Colts at home. I just think this might be a bit of a mismatch. The Colts are coming off a pretty deflating loss. The Raiders are coming off of a great road win. They have a lot of momentum. Sometimes I think that great road win leads to a drop-off. I'm going to talk about how I feel uh, with that uh, with another team uh, as we move on here. But I like the Raiders to beat the Colts on the road this week. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think last week's um, kind of falling flat performance by Indy is kind of clouding our judgment a little bit. I don't, uh, I don't think that they are that type of team. If it was any other team but the Falcons, maybe a team that's probably a little bit better than them, maybe Jacksonville or even Houston with Stroud, I think we aren't judging them that much. But they were missing Michael Pittman, and they honestly were probably expecting him to play going into Saturday, but then he ended up uh, resurfacing some symptoms, and then they had to rule him out. So I think he play if he plays this week, I'm going with Indy. So just in general, I'm going with Indy. I think Pittman returns. He's going to play a huge part of it. Jonathan Taylor, he's going to get back into the groove of, groove of things. He found the end zone last week. I think he does it again this week. I just don't trust this Raiders offense. They beat the Chiefs last week, but like you said on uh, yesterday's episode, a mere 24 hours ago, I think they had, uh, what, nine completions in the first quarter, then zero the rest of the game. So I just can't trust that offense against the defense that has a decent amount of playmakers on the road. So I'm going with the Colts, and Mike also went with his uh, with his Colts. So I think you can argue that he's probably in the same boat as me, expecting Pittman to play and just getting back into a groove of things going into the postseason. I think for pride, I think he picks the Colts even if Pittman doesn't play. <laughs> but I'm probably picking the Bears next week against Green Bay just because fuck the Packers. But you know, yeah, if you're not if you're not picking them against them, so I mean, I'm I, I have yet to pick against the Lions. I mean, I know they're a good team, so it's kind of easy to do that, but. Yeah. regardless even if even if they lose this week and next week they come out and don't start jared goff if they start teddy i'm picking the fucking lions i don't care i'm still picking them but any um, two gloves legend just week 18 i'd love to see we need it we need or it bring or in hendon, hendon hooker, hendon hooker yes. action oh, oh i feel like that'd hopefully. be a perfect spot to bring in hendon hooker just let him get some rubbing in this game like a mahomes and alex smith but um regardless i mean i'd rather just win on Saturday and oh, play, yeah, we played it. for something on Sunday, but or right. next week. But regardless, moving on here. Uh Rams at Giants. Uh the Giants have fallen back off after the DeVito hype train. Uh, but they did play very well with Tyrod in a quarterback against the Eagles last week. This is that's also an Eagles team that is uh kind of hard to get behind uh right now. They just haven't looked good in over a month, really. Um the Rams, on the other hand, are playing very well on both sides of the ball. They've been doing what they need to do on defense uh, with not a lot of big-name players outside of the obvious Aaron Donald. Um, but they've been playing over their expectations all season, and I think they continue to do that this week. I worry about a Los Angeles Dome team 
going and playing outdoors in New York in December, late December, basically January at this point. Um, but at the end of the day, even though Stafford has been a indoor cat his whole career, uh, no pun intended, uh, I still he's an animal. He's not going to let a little cold go out there and change what needs to be done. He's not going to go out there and lose to an inferior team when his team needs wins to get in the playoffs. Uh, the Giants should want to lose. The Rams need to win this game. I got the Rams on the road. Another one of these games where you got a team that's on the verge of the playoffs playing a four team that's not competing for anything. It's going to come down to which ones of those teams lose games against teams they shouldn't. Those are going to be the teams that don't get in. I don't think the Rams are one of those teams. Yeah, I got the Rams as well. Uh, I feel like you covered it pretty well, especially with uh, a warm dome team going into a really cold state in a cold month. But, but I I don't even want to say this because I don't want to jinx it, but this just feels like one of those games where, especially in MetLife with that awful field, like someone on the Rams, they're they're going to get hurt. I'm just, I feel like it's, I feel like it's going to happen. Like, I don't want it to happen. I just think it's going to. It, it's going to be Cup, Puka, Kyron, or Stafford. And with all oh. these hopes, with all these hopes of them going into the playoffs, making some noise, maybe even facing off against Detroit, Stafford's former team. I just, I don't want it to, ha- I don't want to see it happen. But with MetLife's terrible reputation, I just can't help but have that just looming over. So hopefully the Rams, they come out clean, they come out with a win. And they just cement themselves as a really, really scary wild card team as they drop like thirty-five or forty points this weekend. Yeah, it's a it's a place you don't want to play, especially late in the season when you're making a playoff push. But uh, we pray that everybody comes out of that game healthy, yes, especially for the, the Rams. Time. But especially but yeah. this season, Mike also went with the Rams as well. Of course, yep. Okay, moving on here. Are we clean sweeps on everything so far? Uh, uh, no, I went time. Dallas uh, yeah. in the Monday night Saturday night game. Yes. Um, moving on here, Cardinals at Eagles. Uh, the Eagles just absolutely cannot lose again this season. If they lose to the Cardinals or the Giants to end this season, they're going to be stuck at either three or five, most likely. Because, uh, I mean, the event that they lose one of these games, that makes it so, like I said, even if the Lions lose against Dallas, then they will be competing uh, week 18 against Minnesota, which does bring to an interesting point of, Hold on, I actually I want to look this up real quick. See what time these teams play at week eighteen, because it always I mean it comes down to I believe Arizona and Philly is at one o'clock Eastern, twelve Central, and then I was talking about for for uh, week eighteen. Oh, they're all oh, TBD, right? Yeah, everything yeah. in week eighteen is TBD. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, they're all TBD. The Saturday games, if they're Saturday games, or is everything on Sunday just for max chaos? Yeah, I mean you kind of have to because I mean you're in a situation here where if the Eagles. Let's say the Eagles win this game, the Lions lose against Dallas. Then it's like, okay, we play if we play at the same time as the Eagles, do we just roll out our starters and we just hope that the Eagles lose? I mean, you kind of have to at that point. You can't just kind of concede and be like, fuck it, right. late the three. So it's going to be interesting for some teams if the Eagles do end up losing. That is kind of the ultimate chaos situation. Them and the Niners. If them and the Niners lose any of the games they sh- shouldn't down the stretch, especially this week, we're going to have an ultimate chaos scenario on uh, week 18, which I'm for, of course. Um, but <laughs> the Bears dominated this Cardinals defense last week uh, with a offense that I'm just not fully sold on, especially in the past game. There's no reason that Philly can't. Uh, but at the same time, Philly's offense has not been playing super well. They played well against the Giants and Spurts, but they haven't been playing super well overall, especially the past like month and a half this season. Um, I think the only way the Eagles do lose this game at home against the Cardinals, though, because we have another West Coast indoor team playing cold weather game on the East Coast, uh, is if Hurts turns the ball over. If he turns the ball over, any team can beat them. So he just has to take care of the ball. They can't have stupid fumbles. I feel like the Eagles have had a lot of stupid fumbles over the past month or so. Um, They can't have that happen. I don't think it's going to. I think they beat the Cardinals. But like I said, go Cardinals. At the same time, that messes up my Bears getting the number two picks in here. (laughs) (laughs) it works out for me but for me i'm going philly Uh, before i get into it and forget michael is also going philly as well so 
I'm going Philly. Uh, I really think that this game is going to rely on a lot of DeAndre Swift. So for all you fantasy football players out there who have DeAndre Swift in the fantasy football championship, find a way to work him into your lineup. At the end of the game last week, he was a big reason why they were able to stay on the field, uh, especially in that fourth quarter, just moving the chains. He kept getting four, five, six-yard chunk gains. He got himself from like 60 yards to over 100 at one point uh, prior to like crossing the 30-yard line or something, which led to the Eagles' uh, field goal at the end of the game. I'm seeing another 100-yard game from him today or this week. And, you know, against the defense that gave up over 100 to Cole Herbert and over 97 to Justin Fields. The run defense is not too great. So I'm expecting big things that are Hurts and DeAndre Swift. Uh, Arizona, they just don't impress me. Philly, they have to win this in order to contend for the division. And I would love Arizona to win this game. It would be great. But um, yeah, I, I'm going Philly. All right. Um, moving on here. Saints at Bucks. Huge matchup for the NFC South this week. Probably the two. Uh, favorites to come out, assuming the Falcons uh, don't win out. Who? That's actually kind of interesting. Who did the Falcons got week 18? Oh, they have the Saints. Okay, so yeah, the, Fal- the Falcons need a Saints win badly. Here. Saints are just controlling um, their own destiny, pretty much. Yeah, that 100%. I mean, the Bucks. who was the... Do we know who was the tiebreaker between the Bucks and the Falcons? It's actually interesting. Let me let me see here. Um, said Bucks and Falcons. Yeah. Um. Bucks. They lost to the Falcons that week, and they're gonna be. Yeah, they beat them the other week. So now we have to go to (laughs) division record. Because I'm curious if the Bucks uh drop one of their next two, and the Falcons went out. Right. Who's who's gonna get that tiebreaker? Because that's a decent possibility that they the Falcons could beat the Colts and the or the Bears and the Saints, even though I don't think the Falcons are gonna beat the Bears, as I said. But all right, let's see. Just curious here. Um division record, Tampa would uh, is three and one with two division games left. Atlanta's three and two. So if it would go to I guess what's the next is it common opponents then I don't, I don't know i'm not even gonna try to do that yeah it's it's a lot of stuff that goes into it i don't feel like we'll, going into that yeah yeah we'll let it play out how it plays out right. but as far as this game bucks are a significantly more complete team on both sides of the ball i feel like than new orleans uh the bucks take a lot less less risks on offense but they also make a lot less mistakes on offense than new orleans does i think they're gonna play it safe at home they've been great they're playing well they just beat the jags last week um i think the bucks are gonna win this game and because i think the falcons are going to lose to the bears i think the bucks win the south this week against the saints i think that'd be great let baker mayfield just next week go crazy uh i'm going tampa bay as well and so is mike for that matter I think Baker Mayfield continues his spectacular play as of late. Uh, I talked about it a little bit on the last episode. He's got six touchdown passes, no interceptions over his last two games against Green Bay and Jacksonville. Uh, two inconsistent defenses, but both have some solid players on both on uh, that side of the ball. But I trust, for some reason, I'm trusting Baker. If this was in New Orleans, it might be a little bit different because the, the Superdome is always a really tough place to play, no matter like what team you are and what your home field is like or what you're accustomed to. The Superdome is always just different. And you could ask any player who goes in there. It's just, it's crazy. So I'm going with Tampa Bay. Uh, if it's in New Orleans, might think differently, but with it being in Tampa Bay, I'm trusting Baker. And I think he goes in and wins the division this week. And that perfectly brings us here to Panthers at Jags. As I lay out the revised strategy of how the Panthers drop from the number one pick giving it to the bears to the cardinals getting it so i'll talk about this game and then i'll get into that trevor lawrence is hurt the jags need to sit him will they we don't know they haven't been doing it this season will they sit him and put in bethard we'll see i think they need to especially against the worst team in the league i think you can take that risk i think they still have a good chance to win even with bethard at home um the panthers they played well last week on offense and poor on defense pretty contrary to the whole season for them like i said they've underrated been one of the best defenses in the league this season they are top they were top three they were number three when i checked last week i haven't checked this week i assume probably maybe five because of they kind of got torched last week against the packers but um i think their defense going to get back on track this week against the jags offense that was struggling with trevor lawrence i think they'll still struggle with bethard uh jags defense has had the biggest fall off in the league this season 
that opens the door for Bryce Young. He had his best game of his uh, young career last week. Uh, I think he can stack back-to-back games here. I mean, we were playing in Jacksonville. Last game was in Carolina that the Panthers just played. Not a far trip. Similar weather, I would assume. Uh, in Carolina and Jacksonville, maybe a little bit nicer. It's not in Jacksonville, warmer. of course. Yeah, definitely warmer. <laughs> um, but regardless, I got the Panthers beating them here. I actually think I don't think Trevor Lawrence is going to play on this game. I think they need to sit him. I think they're going to. Um, but here's the plan. <laughs> Let's cut the bullshit. We just said it. We both think the Falcons are going to lose. The Bucks are going to win. The Bucks are going to clinch the the uh, division this week. In that scenario, the Bucs cannot move up. They cannot move down. They're at the four seed regardless. Assuming that happens, Panthers have to win this week, of course, against the Jags. I don't think the Eagles are going to lose to the Cardinals. That brings them in with – that brings them equal, right? Three and three. They both have three wins. Yeah. I think that sounds right, yes. Yeah. The Cardinals lose. Panthers win. They are both have three wins. Next week, Cardinals play Seattle. We know Seattle's fighting for a playoff spot. Seattle is going to win that game against the Cardinals, even though it's in Arizona. Pete Carroll's not losing to the Cardinals. That locks the Cardinals in at three wins. The Panthers, who do they play next week? Tampa Bay, who won't be playing their starters because they can't move up or down. The Panthers have everything to play for. They don't have their pick. I think they're going to beat Tampa Bay and move up to four wins on the season, putting them at number two, having the Cardinals one, Bears two. And who the fuck cares about the rest? To me, this sounds more like a wish list rather than a, an actual prediction. <laughs> but I understand the logic behind it. And I can respect it. It's been um, a wish list since the beginning. <laughs> I, I completely agree. It's but, just a it's a path. It's not a prediction. It's a path. Nah, that's fair. That's fair. Mike agrees with you. He thinks Carolina is going to beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville this weekend. Uh-oh. However, I'm rooting for Jacksonville. I'm picking them to win. Maybe it's a combination of just hoping for Jacksonville to pull out a miracle a with their list. backup quarterback. 100% a wish list. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a, I'm praying for a miracle. Maybe it's just I'm getting a little comfy with my lead up here and our picks. I got a nine-game lead over you and a 14-game lead over Mike. So Jags are favored, little... right? They're, they got to be favored. It, it's got to be close. But, I mean, everything is kind of working in Carolina's favor for this one. Bryce Young and really the entire uh, Panthers team is coming off their best performance of the year despite a loss. And Jacksonville, they're missing a lot of guys in their defense, like you said, have fallen off a cliff. ETN, he only had like six carries for 12 yards last week, so that was abysmal. And Carolina's run defense is actually pretty solid. They have been the last month or so, and – they're getting healthier. They got JC Horn back in the secondary. Jeremy Chin came back a month or so ago. He's still getting up to speed. We know how talented he can be at his best. Uh, what's his name? Brian Burns. Almost said a different Burns. Um, Brian Burns is just a phenomenal edge rusher. Due for a contract as well at the end of this year. So look out for him in free agency. But I'm taking I'm taking Jacksonville. It might be against my better judgment, but it's more of just like praying for a miracle and just going against the grain a little bit with this one. Um, What do you think the spread is on this game? I don't know what the spread is. Uh, I would say... I, I know, I'm not saying guess. You, oh, you know it, okay. Uh, I'd say Jacksonville plus one, and, or Jacksonville minus one and a half. Minus six and a half. They're not... Just favorites, they're heavy favorites. That's crazy. So I don't know. You might be going Vegas against the grain again. Expecting, Vegas has to be expecting Trevor to has play. To be. Has to be. Um, but regardless, I mean, I mean hammering six and a half point. Yeah, six and a half That's points. Crazy. Even if he if he doesn't play, it's still gonna drop to like four and a half, three and a half. They're still I'd favorites. get it out of now. I'd get it now. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. But um, we can move on here. Next game here, 49ers at Commanders. Uh, the 49ers are going to come out mad this game. They got punked at home against a Ravens team who's playing really well right now Um, last week. Can't have that happen again this week, of course. Commanders' defense is horrendous. The 49ers are just going to shred their defense. The Commanders have some major questions at quarterback. Jacoby Reset has played well in his spot starts. Um, they're not really spot starts, but spot appearances uh, the past couple weeks. Um, I don't know if he'll be starting this week. Maybe it'll be Sam Howell. I thought I they announced today that, that he was starting this week. Oh, they did? I thought so. Okay, wow. I hate that for Sam Howell because I really like Oh, Sam I completely Howell. agree. I think, yeah. I think he might be playing a little hurt. I don't know. But 
Uh, I don't think either of those quarterbacks are going to respond well to multiple pass rushers just in their grills the whole game. Their offensive line is the worst in the league, and the the Niners' uh, pass rushes, of course, phenomenal. Um, I would go. I would venture to say as much as the Commanders have virtually no chance in this game. I think the Niners are going to win. I think the Niners are going to win big. Yeah, uh, Mike seems to agree with you and me. Uh, I'm going San Francisco. They're better on both sides of the ball. Washington rolling in with a backup quarterback. Uh, I'll just use the rest of my time to talk about what Washington might do going forward, like in terms of this offseason, because they probably won't win another game the rest of the year. Uh, it's not looking too good for them this week, especially uh, playing just an absolute powerhouse who's coming off an embarrassing loss, who's going to want to prove like, hey, we're still up there with them big dogs, so don't sleep on us going into the postseason. So I expect San Francisco to come in with multiple just big punches and Washington will not be able to get up. It'll be a first round knockout. Uh, if you are with the boxing uh, analogies, I'm not. So that's why I sound so uncomfortable talking about it. So it's whatever. Uh, <laughs> so if Washington finishes with like a top three, probably top four pick, uh, do they go quarterback? Do they snag Drake may? Yes. I mean, yes. you have to it, sadly, you have to. Like we talked about it yesterday, but I mean, given what I read this morning about Brissett probably starting, I mean, I, I think that all but sets it in stone. Like if they somehow win one of these two games and ruin their draft position, maybe they have to take Jaden Daniels, but they have a chance to ruin the Patriots because the Patriots won last week, moved themselves to pick, I think four. So that's really unfortunate for them. Not really. They got 20 years of Brady. I'm happy for it, but uh, regardless, Washington, they've got a decision coming up if they want to rock with Sam Howell for another year in the same offense or if they just want to go start fresh with a rookie and promote Biennemi to head coach and just let Biennemi choose his own staff offensively and defensively and really let him run the team his way. I think he's earned it. I think he's been a phenomenal OC for Kansas City, and I think he's done well given what he was given offensive line-wise and quarterback-wise here in uh, Washington. Like you said, though, got to feel for Sam Howell. Uh, he started the season really well and just a lot of up and down since then more recently down than up gotten replaced mid game twice, I believe in each of the last two weeks. And now I don't even think he's starting this week. So you really hate to see it, but San Francisco is just going to have their way with Washington this week. Yeah. Um, as far as just Washington long-term, um, I think they're in a spot where they can, if they end up having a high pick, you can fire Rivera, hopefully promote the enemy trade down, take a tackle, maybe get an, uh, get some extra picks, or you completely just trade the picks straight up, basically like the Bears did last year. Um, I mean, they, of course, traded down as well, but they got most, most of the reason for that trade was to get future picks. You can also do that, get a ton of future picks, let Sam Howell get a year with the enemy at head coach, see if with an improved O-line, maybe sign a couple guys in the offseason, see how it works then, because Sam Howell did show so many flashes. And when you feel like you might have the guy at quarterback, it's hard to just move on like that when you've only seen one year. Uh, maybe a semi-comparable example is the Bears. Um, they've seen flashes with Fields. They've also shown flashes of him being horrible. Do you go and just abandon him and take quarterback? In the Bears scenario, you do because it's been three years of Fields now. You've seen everything you're going to see from him. In the commander situation, you haven't se you've seen one year of Howell, and he's played well at many times this season with the worst offensive line in the entire league. So I personally wouldn't take a quarterback, but I wouldn't fault them if they did completely. But well, I feel like they have a lot of a lot of directions they can go. Cause I mean, if they're really, really hating on Sam Howell right now. Do we rule out them moving up to one with Chicago? Hypothetically, if Chicago or Panthers finish with the worst pick, Chicago has that pick. And then, or worst record, Chicago finishes with the number one pick. They leapfrog Arizona and New England and go get Caleb Williams. And in the process of that, dump off a big defensive contract in Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen. Just free up some cap space so you can go in free agency, sign some offensive linemen. Just give your rookie quarterback a, a fighting chance if you're not going to go after an old lineman in the first round. I don't want to completely rule that out. Although, if the Bears, with Fields' trajectory right now, it's looking like they're going to probably dump him for a first, second, or second and a third or something like that uh, pick, and then probably go Caleb Williams with one. But we can't really know that for sure until the season is done and we see 
how everything plays out because Chicago is not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. Probably not going to happen, but in the very like 0.00001% chance. They need a tie get... this week, right? They need the Packers and the Vikings to tie, right? Uh, I have no idea. I mean, I think their best bet would be to see Green Bay win because Minnesota has to lose out and then Green Bay would have to win and then they beat Green Bay to finish at eight and nine, both of them. So, I mean, I assume they the Rams, need some help from the Rams or the Seahawks as well, right? Seahawks would have to lose out. I think you have to chalk in the Rams at the sixth seed. It would just have to be a win and in situation in week 18, maybe. So Minnesota loses out. Seattle loses out. Can't really control the Rams. And then I guess you just got to win out, I guess. I mean, I don't know oh the exact God. situation. I kind of gave up on it, but hypothetically in that, Got to go play around in the uh, playoff machine. Probably, yeah. I honestly might do that after we're done recording. But outside of that, Bears are probably picking one, not in the playoffs. The team itself showed a lot of improvement, but I think you still got to go another direction, reset that quarterback contract. So I don't see Washington moving up to one, but it would not shock me to see Deron Payne or Jonathan Allen be moved after the fallout that, that the entire defensive line unit had at the trade deadline. Plus, Jonathan Allen did say, like, oh, yeah, I 100% would be open to, like, exploring my options outside of Washington, which I think he'd be a fool not to, given where they're at. Yeah, I don't think they make that move either, for one, but I understand why they would, and I don't think that's a bad plan to go with overall. But um, regardless, moving on here, Dolphins at Ravens. Uh, What a phenomenal game this is going to be, hopefully. Um, Both teams playing for the one seed, essentially. I know... Uh, Miami still has a huge game next week, of course, but this would tie them up record-wise and put them in a spot to possibly achieve the one seed. Ravens, on the other hand, if they win, I'm not sure if they mathematically clinch the one. I assume, yeah, they have to. There's no way they're... Yeah, they they would have to, because Miami's the next closest. Yeah, there's no other team with four losses, right? It's just Miami? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because the Chiefs have six now, the Bills have six. I mean, the only way would be... The only way neither of these teams get the one is if Miami wins this week and then Baltimore and Miami both lose in week 18. And then whoever's the three seed right now, which I don't even think they're at five losses. I don't even know who it is. I don't think it's the the Chiefs Chiefs have six losses. They can't get the one. Oh, no. Okay. So it's just between these two. So probably. Yeah. And then all the all the South teams have seven. Yeah. Right. The winner of this game. What are the Browns? Browns have five losses, right? Nah. I mean, the Browns, I guess, yeah, have a they're chance. 10 and five. I guess they have, have a mathematical chance. Yeah, but regardless, oh, the win on, for the Ravens on. here has to lock up the one seed. Yeah. So the only four, the now, only four lost team is the yeah, Browns, so. as of now, it's probably the winner of this game will control their own destiny for the one seed, if I am not yeah. mistaken. Yeah, because I mean, the first tiebreaker will be head to head. So, right. so if, it's Ravens, yeah, if it's Ravens and Dolphins, it tie it then. Right. Cleveland would have to win out which is possible, and then Baltimore would have to lose out, and then Miami would have to lose Week 18, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't yeah. even know the tiebreakers between those three. And even then, we don't know. Yeah, we don't know if the Ravens right. and the Browns would so have a tie. We would know the record Dolphins wise, Record-wise, I think that's the only possible way, but I don't know tiebreakers. I'm not claiming to yeah. know tiebreakers. It's just yeah. off, the, off, off the easy. Well, I know it's for conference seating because i've been doing a lot of that recently looking at that i know i wonder why yeah it's it's head to head first so in the scenario the ravens and the browns split right i believe they split and then so that's irrelevant then but um yeah it's head to head then conference record so if they're tied with conference record then it goes to similar opponents conference records and similar opponents similar opponents is where it just gets fucked right i mean Ravens might be screwed because the Ravens, did they even lose to an NFC team this year? Because wouldn't that make every single one of their losses AFC? So that might have screwed them. Yes, that would make all their losses AFC. So, I mean, but, yeah, I'm just going to look at this. This is really, fun. <laughs> I'm going to look at this really quickly before I d- dive into this game. But I want to see the conference record of those three teams. Seven and three for the Dolphins. Seven and three for the Ravens. Seven of course, and three. But I mean, this week will course. have a big impact on that. Yeah, I mean, then... this game, regardless, uh, all we've done in the past five minutes of talking about this is hyping up how big this game actually is. Right. 
This game's gonna Ravens, be so good. It is gonna be good. Ravens lock it up with a win. Um, the Ravens defense last week came to play against a great 49ers offense and defense. Uh, like I mentioned before, and I mentioned on last episode, Ravens defense made a lot of plays. That's how you win games in this league. Doesn't doesn't matter. You don't win with yards. Um, the Dolphins defense played super well against a great Cowboys offense last week. Both offenses and the Cowboys and the Niners are great. Uh, so both these teams defenses being able to shut them down uh, for the majority of these games uh, was huge for both of them. Um, Dolphins offense, on the other hand, they need to limit turnovers against the Ravens here. We saw with the Ravens, they turned uh, the Niners over. They won that game strictly because of that. If they can limit turnovers and move the ball, they're going to be in a spot to win this game. I could see the Ravens having a letdown game here uh, after such a big win last week against the Niners. Um, I know the Miami had a big win against the Cowboys last week. Niner, or The Ravens went in in a night game, shortest rest of the entire league, playing all the way in Santa Clara, California. Uh, that could have a factor. That's far away. Miami was at home this week. Uh, they just have to go up to Baltimore. Um, I'm torn on this game, man. Um, I have a little bit of a lead on Mike for a second. Uh, I got to play some catch-up to try to get up to you. Uh, so I'm just going to assume that you guys both picked the Ravens and I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Crazy assumption, but you are right. We both did go Baltimore. It's a, it's a, it's a coin toss game for me. It's a coin. I completely agree. But with what I saw from Baltimore last week with how they were just able to turn the ball over against one of the craziest offensive units we've seen in really recent memory with how efficient they are with all the weapons they have, with how effortlessly they move the ball down the field through the air or on the ground. It was just beyond impressive to me with what their defense has been able to, what their defense did last week, despite being very up and down all year. Uh, I think their defense shows up again. Uh, and I think Miami kind of struggles a little bit because I think, I, I don't think Tyreek's at a hundred percent. I think he's more than good enough to be an impactful player, but him not at a hundred percent is definitely a significant difference. And I don't know. It's just Baltimore. I just can't get that image of, four plus takeaways out of my mind against one of the top offenses we've seen. So um, I'm going Baltimore. Yep. Um, after a lot of yapping from us the past two games, I don't think there will <laughs> be a lot of yapping on this one. The Titans at Texans. Um, it's a huge game for the Texans. Hopefully CJ Stroud is back. They have to win this game. Absolute must win for them for the playoffs. Uh, it looks like Tannehill for the Titans. Don't really know. I uh, don't really care, honestly, either. Um, the Texans won this game with their backup quarterback in playing against uh, the best Titans quarterback, Will Levis, um, on the road in Tennessee last game. They came back and shut them out on defense in the second half uh, in that game just a few weeks ago. Uh, I think they're going to win this game at home easily. I hope CJ Stroud is back because I want to see this Texans team make the playoffs and make some waves. Yeah, I expect Stroud to be back as well, and that's why I pick Houston. Uh, I think they're being at home in Houston, them having Stroud back especially. Place is going to be rocking. Uh, I expect him to hit Noah Brown and Nico Collins early and often after a couple down games from them just because they don't have chemistry with Case Keenum and Davis Mills. So I think Houston, especially if Stroud plays, I'm expecting him to. I think they're going to dominate. Derrick Henry will be a non-factor in this game. Houston's probably going to get the ball first. And they're just going to score a bunch of points, probably 27, maybe 30 points. But I'm going Houston. Mike went Tennessee. I think he probably is betting on the fact that Stroud might not be playing. Not trying to speak for him, but I think that's got to be where his head's at. And maybe he's just really impressed by the fact that Derrick Henry can throw touchdowns too. So I don't know. I mean, it also wouldn't shock me. I haven't looked into it, but if it's one of those AFC South things where, like, for some like reason, one of the Titans trends, all, yeah, where they like yeah, always I win gotcha. Houston or something, I could, I could see something like that. But, um, moving on here, Steelers at Seahawks. Uh, this is two teams who need wins for the playoffs, especially the Steelers with how they played the past few weeks outside of last week. Uh, Mason Rudolph, he's looking to get back to back great starts. He will be starting, he's the people's champ right now in Pittsburgh, but. That people's champs changes week to week uh, in that city. Um, Steelers have a long way to travel to play a road game in Seattle all the way from Pittsburgh. That's a long, that's long travel time to play in a tough place to play in Seattle. Uh, the Seahawks' biggest problem is they keep playing down to their opponents. Do I think the Steelers are a worse team than them? Yes. Do I think they're that much worse? Not completely. Um, I don't think playing down to them will be that big of a problem for them. Overall, I just think the Seahawks are just more talented for the most part. Maybe the Steelers have their superstars with 
or superstar with TJ Watt, but um, I don't think they just, I just don't think they have enough to go into Seattle uh, in a game where both teams are fighting for their playoff lives. Essentially. Uh, I just think the Seahawks at home is better. If this game is in Pittsburgh, I probably go with the Steelers, but Seattle's a tough place to play. Uh, I'm going with the birds. Yeah. Mike and I also went Seattle as well. I, I don't know what to think of Pittsburgh, honestly. I mean, they probably fall into your tier of teams where you just don't know what the hell they are. Sure, we're two games away from the season being done, but what, what is this Pittsburgh team? They've had so many yeah. different... There's still just, a lot of teams like that. We still haven't found they, out a they, lot They've had them. a lot of uh, just turnover at quarterback the last little while with the inconsistencies of Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph having that outstanding uh, Christmas Eve, Eve uh, performance. But... Unfortunately, Christmas is only one day a year and it is past. I don't think the Rudolph magic will continue. I think Seattle, uh, Gino especially, was getting kind of back into the rhythm of things after coming back from injury last week against Tennessee. Definitely a bump in competition with this Pittsburgh defense, but I, I think Gino's going to be able to find his three big weapons and Kenneth Walker's going to be able to find a little bit more room on the ground than he did last week. I'm going with Seattle. Rudolph had a long trip around the world on Christmas Eve, and this is a Very short true. rest to go to Seattle. So. <laughs> Um, next game here, Chargers at Broncos. I don't care about this game at all. Um, the Chargers suck, uh, but they made plays last week without Staley, so that's good for them. Uh, because fuck that guy. Um, the Broncos are caving in uh completely. It's so hard to come back uh in a season, just in general. Like they always say it's really mainly in the NBA and like basketball. I see this, but like when the team is down 25, they come back from down 25 uh to to, uh, get the game even like the third quarter or fourth quarter and then right when they get back in the game is when the other team goes on a 10-0 run and makes it a tough game it's the same in football and it's the same if you look at a full season the Bron- i mean the broncos they came back from one and six or whatever the hell they were this season they finally get back to even and now that they battled their way all the way back these games start to get tougher and tougher and you see them lose one against the Pats. I compared that scenario on last episode of the Lions last year, losing that game in Carolina after they were making their surge for the playoffs after starting tough. It's tough to do. It's tough to maintain, retain momentum uh, when you battle back like that. And it's even tougher when your starting quarterback gets benched. Um, I disagree with the decision completely. Um, I don't understand how you do that. Regardless of the fact that Russell Wilson has not been great this season and he was really bad last season, he did help bring you back from one and six or whatever the hell they were this season. Um, I don't understand starting Stidham unless you see something in practice that Stidham has shown flashes of. Uh, the Broncos are at home here, though. I could see this game going either way. It's another coin toss for me, but I'm just going to use my Chargers hate and pick the Broncos. Yeah, this is one of those games for me where I just could not care less about the outcome. has no impact on uh, just me in general. Um or no any fantasy, yeah, no fantasy implications, no playoff implications. Denver, they also just benched Russell Wilson this morning in favor of Jared Stidham, like you said. But I just this game's so boring. Uh, Mike went with the Chargers. I assume it's just another one of those, just like, hey, the Chargers, it's their curse might work in reverse, I guess, where we're expecting the better team to win. But hey, it's the Chargers, so they might as well with their backup quarterback and even though Keenan Allen, uh, they just come out and somehow win a 34 to 31 slugfest. I have no idea what's going to happen. I honestly just could not care if I get this game wrong. I'm going Denver. I just think their defense has been playing good enough lately that they'll force enough mistakes from uh, the Chargers. All right, moving on here. Second to last game, Bengals at Chiefs. Uh, by the way, before I get into this game, have you seen the schedule for this week? It is just wacky. It's like we have like 10, 12 o'clock games or something like that. I don't think I have seen the the entire schedule. The problem is they stuck with Thursday. You still have one more Thursday night game left. There's no more Thursday, Monday, night. Saturday, and then a CBS then at- receipt full of 12 o'clock games. That's what I'm saying. Not only do and they. And then only three, three o'clock games. What are That's they doing? what I'm saying. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know how you don't go four there. You go four there, you take one of the 12 o'clock games, and then go five. Yeah, or put a couple more games on Saturday. Why is there just one game on Saturday? Yeah. And none of these Saturday or none of these uh, three o'clock games, aside from maybe Bengals Chiefs, is going to be worthwhile, honestly. I know it's the schedule kind of just sucks this week, but it's whatever. Um, Bengals at Chiefs here, game we just spoke of. This game makes you think about what could have been. We could have had late season week 17, Pat Mahomes. And a soaring Chiefs offense and bank and Joe Burrow and a soaring Bengals offense going head to head for maybe the one seed. Instead, we don't have Joe Burrow. We have a Chiefs offense that is struggling 
very, very badly over the past month or so. Uh, similar maybe to the, I mean, for different reasons, of course, but the way the Eagles and the Chiefs both look right now, um, there was a point in this season not too long ago where it looked like we were getting a rematch, and now we don't know if either team is going to make it. Um, but Bengals are dead last in r- rushing offense. That's what killed the Chiefs at home last week. The Raiders just ran all over them, didn't have to pass the ball at all. But at the same time, the Raiders are second to the Bengals in uh rushing yards per game on offense so they're dead they're second to last 31 in the league so if you just let the 31 ranked team run all over you for four quarters it's hard to believe they can't let the 32nd team run over them for all uh four quarters um i want to pick against kansas city here because the struggles that they've had are just hard to ignore and the Bengals are actually a pretty scrappy team the Bengals are fighting for their playoff spot the chiefs are gonna are gonna be fine where they're gonna be sitting at the three seed uh, maybe they drop to the four, but probably the three seed. Um, I just don't see back-to-back uh, upset home games for Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just don't see that happening back-to-back. Uh, I think, like I've been saying, just watch Patrick Mahomes, whether it's this game, next game, wild card round of the playoffs. All of a sudden, he's going to have a game where it's like, oh, yeah, that's Patrick Mahomes as the Chiefs offense. Right. And they're going to put up 35 points, and then everybody's going to be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. It didn't matter what they were doing in weeks 10 to 14 or 10 to 15. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to kind of contradict myself from last episode a little bit. I know I said if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm a little nervous because you don't know if the Chiefs are going to pick it up come playoff time. But it's just so hard to pick against Kansas City at home after a loss against a backup quarterback who also is probably not going to have his number one wide receiver. It's just so tough to go with. And Another side note, the Bengals are sitting at eight and seven and they are tied for fourth or just at fourth in the AFC North. We called it at the beginning of the year that this division would be a bloodbath and boy, is it? I mean, Baltimore, they're sitting at the top, but I mean, Cleveland throughout all their just (laughs) Cleveland put more than blood, sweat and tears into their season. They lost Chubb's leg in the uh, second week of the year. They lost their starting quarterback just to Ton of times they kept losing the starting quarterback. He just going in and out, and then all of a sudden Joe Flacco off the couch, just playing like a like an offensive player of the year candidate with how he's throwing the ball to Amari Cooper and uh, I don't even know who their backup receiver is because they traded DPJ to you guys. But I mean, eight and seven and sitting at fourth in your division, that's just gotta hurt. But not much you can do when your starting quarterback started slow and then got hurt after he started to heat up. And then your best wide receiver and arguably one of the better ones in the entire league is probably done for the year. Bengals aren't dead yet, but it's looking really unfortunate. I'm going Kansas City. Mike is going against us and going with Cincinnati. Maybe he's thinking really? a bounce back game. Maybe he's going, maybe he's thinking bounce back from Browning and T Higgins on offense. Maybe a little Joe Mixon action. I don't know. Or he just doesn't trust Kansas City and doesn't think they're going to bounce back quite yet. But I mean, he's got to make up some ground somehow in our picks, so Fair it doesn't enough. shock me too much. Fair enough. Um, there's only three of us. You can't really be that much more last than last. So, I mean, <laughs> might as well just try to go against the yeah, game nothing to lose. Um, last game here, Packers at Vikings, one of the three most important games, whatever you want to order it of this week. You got the Cowboys lines, of course, and you have the Dolphins and the Ravens, and then this game. Uh, it's a monster game for the playoffs. The loser is, for lack of a better term, cooked. Uh, they're screwed if they lose this game. Uh, the Vikings offense, I think, is just going to torch this Green Bay defense. They've been really, really bad the past month or so, and we saw them get torn up by Bryce Young, who really hasn't had a game like that all season long. He torched them. Uh, they were just lucky enough to also play well enough on offense to win that game. Uh, Jordan Love, I think, is going to struggle under pressure. He's mid middle of the league as far as how much pressure and how much time he has to throw. I think it was like 2.5 seconds or something like that. Um, I think he is going to be under pressure this entire game. Brian Flores going to have a bounce back game. His defense, they didn't get to the Lions last week, but that's because the Lions have one of the best, if not the best O-line in the league. The Packers do not. The Packers O-line needs to do what the Lions O-line did last week, though. They have to, if they can keep Jordan Love protected, give him time in the pocket, let him only get sacked maybe a couple times, they can definitely win this game on the road and keep their playoff hopes alive. If they don't do that, they can get killed in this game. Um, and I think there's a good chance that they're not going to be able to do that. Uh, the Vikings won in Lambeau, the game that Kirk got hurt. Uh, two different quarterbacks, they still won big in Lambeau. I think they're going to win fairly big here in Minnesota against the Packers. 
I this game you could argue both sides winning this one. Uh, Green Bay. I'm going with Green Bay. So is Mike. So, oh man, this one's just so ugly. I don't want to root for either team, but at the same time, I want Green Bay to win so they have a chance to make the playoffs. And then somehow next week, Chicago shuts them down. That'd be that. That would make me feel really good. So that's what I'm rooting for. And I do think if Green Bay gets their run game going like they did last week, they're going to stop Brian Flores from blitzing a whole bunch. They're going to try to bring more guys down into the box, but less around the line of scrimmage, which will confuse Nick Mullins if there's a lot of guys lining up in the A gaps, the B gaps, even the C gaps. It's just going to be really tough for a younger and not as good and inexperienced quarterback to navigate that. So I'm thinking Green Bay, Aaron Jones has another really solid game gets uh, Flores out of what he likes to do. And I think the Vikings are going to be missing TJ Hawkinson as well. They're not going to be able to attack that middle of the field with a really big body and reliable pass catcher. Uh, we saw it in week, I believe, six when Minnesota played Chicago without Jefferson for the first time. Their offense didn't move as fluid. So with Hawkinson being as consistent as he's been all year, probably one of the two best tight ends in the league, in my opinion, just because of health and production across the board from everybody. Uh, he's he's been a top two guy in the league at his position, and I think they're going to miss him a lot. I'm going Green Bay, and Mike is as well. All right, so with that being said, that is all 16 games for Week 17. We'll finish off here with some Week 17 betting picks. Uh, I'll start with Mike's here just because I got him. He has Rams minus 4.5 against the Giants and the Ravens-Dolphins game under 47 points. Um, so with that being said, we're going to mine. My first one, the game we just spoke about, Packers and Vikings, I got the Vikings minus two. Uh, I like the Vikings in this game. I think they're going to be able to move the ball all over this Packers uh, defense. I think the story of this game, like I literally just said, is the Packers whole line being able to stop the Vikings pass rush or not. I don't think they're going to be able to. I think that's going to lead to Jordan Love throwing maybe a couple picks, being under pressure, and a lot of three knots for Green Bay. And for my second pick, I have the Raiders plus three and a half against the Colts. Um I said that I liked the Raiders to beat the Colts outright. Um, That game, as much as I do actually think the Raiders are going to win outright, it's to the point where it's a coin flip enough that if I'm going to be able to get a field goal, I'm going to take the field goal. So I'll take three and a half with the Raiders. Maybe they lose on a late field goal. That way, even though I do predict the Raiders to win this one, you don't get screwed on some last-minute bullshit. So Vikings minus two, Raiders plus three and a half. Uh, for me, I mean, I'm kind of infringing on your territory a little bit. Uh, I'm going with Lions plus six. I Love think it. that I think that they get they're going to be down a little bit going into the fourth quarter, and I think Dallas is going to take their foot off the pedal. Maybe going in a little bit of prevent defense, trying to conserve guys for what could be a really important game next week if Philly wins as well. So. I think uh, Dallas they're going to give up a touchdown or two late in the game that'll allow Detroit to cover. Uh, so that's my first one. And honestly, I kind of forgot we do this. So I'm looking again. <laughs> I, I can't lie. I really forgot about it. But did you did you uh, talk about Niners commanders or did Mike? I don't think I did not. You nope. Touch that. You. Uh, call me crazy. I'm going to pull a mic here. Uh, I'm going San Fran minus 13. I think they I beat the breaks off of the commanders uh, bounce back performance all across the board. Uh, Fred, see Fred Warner, maybe a defensive touchdown or something late as well, just to put the icing on the cake. A lot of Debo, CMC, short game action. IU over the middle, just route running masterclass against Emmanuel Forbes, who has been rough for the most part of the season on the commander's side. They won't be able to get to Purdy. So I, I think the Niners are just going to dominate. So I'm taking them minus 13. And then what was the first one I said? The Lions line, line plus, plus six. six. I had both of those on my possible list, so I love those picks. Um, but that about does it for this episode of the Engage Eight podcast. We do not have a Monday night game, so we will be recording Sunday night, uh, recapping all the games from this past week that we're speaking about today. Uh, that video will be up on Monday. I'm sure we'll talk a lot of playoff scenarios. There'll be a lot of teams clinching, a lot of teams being eliminated. So we'll have a good grasp on what it's going to look like, barring a chaos scenario of like the Eagles losing or something. Um, right. But with that being said, as always, don't forget to like and subscribe. Our social medias are in the description as well as our Spotify link. If you want to listen to an audio format. Uh, and like I said, we'll see everybody in the next one. Who'd you have?